For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? So, Browns backers, we're not going to do a full episode today. We're just going to do a little bit of post-analysis on the Browns-Steelers end of game, a.k.a. the Miles Garrett situation. We'll come back early next week with a full breakdown of the entire game, but we're just going to start with that scenario. Tony, thoughts on the Miles Garrett situation? Well, you know, here we are two days later, and, and I still am I'm in disbelief that it was Miles Garrett that actually was the, the one, you know, swinging the helmet. Of all the guys on the team, I thought, um, you know, prior to this incident that he was probably the most mature person in the locker room. Um, maybe not the most vocal leader. He was a very quiet guy, kind of keeps to himself. Uh, maybe that was a sign. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I just, I still, having watched it live, and, and you know, we were kind of, uh, you know, I was in the press box actually watching the game, and you see it starting to unfold, and you're thinking, okay, the guys are pushing each other, and, you know, then you see him take the helmet off, and you're thinking, wow, well, this, you know, that's escalating the situation. <laughs> and that's not we, normal. Yeah. And then once he started swinging that helmet, it just seems so surreal, like, it, it, I couldn't believe it happened and then um you know of course you know the pushing and shoving from the others that followed but I in my head I just can't believe that this is a guy um you know who's a leader he's a leader on this team but, like but I said, you know, I'm stop there are there any leaders on this team because the only leaders well, now I think no <laughs> they just seem to be passing the red clown nose amongst themselves initially it was Odell a little early in the season and then he gave it to Baker with the whole shaving before the press conference and all that junk and then they gave it actually to Jarvis last week which was surprising to me and he does his little thing and then this week 
you know, obviously this isn't funny, but they're they just seem to be passing. It's a, it's a three ring circus. Yeah, it, it it is, and and you know, it's it's funny today. Um, you know, quotes came out from uh, our former offensive coordinator uh, Todd Haley, uh, basically saying that um, a lot of the, uh, the the responsibility for these actions has to fall on the head coach because he has zero control over this locker room and. And you talk about the, you know, the quote-unquote passing of the red nose. Well, if there's anybody in the room that can make this stop, it's got to be him. But can I mean, he? I, I, I mean, because right, you're bringing in a guy that doesn't, you know, as we've said before on previous episodes, he came in, he ran Todd Haley's offense, and he, he did it amazingly well last mm-hmm. season. There's no doubt about that. That team turned around completely. Everybody was excited for this season. But does he have any authority in that locker room, even just based on, right? Because he doesn't even have any history, really, to look back on and say, hey, guys, look at what I've done in the past. So why would he be even able to stop it other than he happens to have this quote-unquote title? He has the title. He has zero respect. And and I think that's that's another problem, too, because if you go back and you watch the, uh, the tape of that game, you'll see at points in the game when... Uh, players go back to the bench after, you know, we would get a turnover and then the offense would come out on the field and they would run three just vanilla, uninspired plays um, and then we would punt and you, you would, they would cut to the guys going back to the bench and you could just tell, like, they were, they were just upset with the fact that this guy has no idea what he's doing running the, you know, running the actual team that part that, you know, is in his job description. And, you know, I guess that spills over. I mean, I, I, I don't Yeah. Well, we'll get into all of that and the Browns having only two non-third and eights through the first three quarters and everything play calling later is the suspensions, okay? Joby got a game. Uh, Pouncey got three. Garrett suspended indefinitely. Both teams fined $250,000. Are those penalties appropriate? Are they acceptable? What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I guess a lot of the, the factor that comes in is prior. You know, if you've done anything prior. This, I have to believe, is the first incidence of Garrett. Well, he, threw, he threw a punch at Luan in the first game of the season against the Titans. I just... Uh... I think it's appropriate. What he got, I thought was appropriate. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I definitely, I definitely feel like what he got was appropriate. I would agree. Open Joby, I, I, I thought he should have gotten more than he did because that was it, his was just his made no sense. I, I mean, it was away, it was <laughs> away from the fight. You already had, you know, you had a guy with his helmet off, um, who's just kind of like dazed kind of hanging out there, and he comes from behind and just. Would you have flipped Ogan Joby and Pouncey? Because I. I mean, obviously, uh, I understand we're we're Browns, but I I, well, I, I I mean, Pounties was violent to a certain extent, but I mean, there was a that was I can buy the reactionary response from him much more than I can buy the reactionary response that people are saying. You know, Miles, oh well, you know, he got kicked in the groin area. Okay, yeah, that's not appreciated, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, it's probably not worthy of ripping somebody's head off and trying to decapitate them with it then. But Pouncey, right, responding in, in that way, I don't know if necessarily should have been one, but I, and I understand trying to get him past then the next Browns game, so I understand a two-game suspension, 
but three seems egregious to me for him. Well, and, and, and you could always suspend him for one game, and you can determine what game that is. I mean, yeah. I, I mean yeah. you could do that if you wanted to. Um, it, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I don't think Pouncey, the three, I didn't understand that imbalance. But, of course, that's the NFL where, you know, the NFL just, there's no real explanation <laughs> for why we're doing what we're doing. We just want to give the appearance that we're in control, which they're not in The league is not in control. Um, that's part of the problem, too. But uh, the one thing I will say about Pouncey, and I'm not condoning what he did, um, well, maybe I am, because I think I probably would have done the same thing. If I look over and I see my quarterback um, getting hit on the skull with a helmet, I'm pretty sure I'm going to jump in there, even knowing that I could potentially be fined. Um, yeah, oh, know, no, I, I agree. I'm still jumping in there. And you got to remember, too, this is after a game where – the, you already had two of their wide receivers were, were, I could say on one instance, it was a targeting head-to-head deal. I don't know if it was intentional, but it was a head-to-head shot that knocked out uh, Juju yep. um, out of the game. You, you, you're down to you third-string quarterback, third-string running back. All your starting wide receivers are out. Your star wide receiver got traded before the season started, and you're on offense. It, it had to be frustrating at that point. I mean, it, it just had to be frustrating. And, and then they were in a game where they're, they're you know, they're just constantly, uh, you know, the turnovers, especially in the fourth quarter, started to pile up. But during the rest of the game, it was just a game where they, the Browns were almost teasing them. Like, the Browns kept giving them opportunities to come back in the game, and they couldn't. And I'm sure at some point, that just had to boil over, and then, like I said, then then you look over and you see your quarterback getting clubbed in the head with a helmet. Yeah, it's kind of the the spark. Right? And then yeah, and then <laughs> on the post game stuff, I thought actually for the first time in a while, probably this season, I thought there was some of it last season. Um, I thought Baker had showed some leadership potential last season. I thought his post game comments in the moment were spot on. Right, he didn't necessarily take a shot at Miles. But he just simply stated that that was unacceptable and you can't do that and you can't have that even knowing that this guy is on his team. It wasn't just the blind, he's on my team, I have to back this guy. It was, hey, we need to understand the situation. I thought as a former PR guy, the Browns PR staff completely and totally dropped the ball from a Miles Garrett standpoint. It appears that no one had any conversation with him before he addressed the media in the locker room because his comments were completely unacceptable. He didn't even seem to think it was that big of a deal. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, historically that's been the case. I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if, uh, I don't know if it's a situation where they feel like they want to run a hands off PR department but if you look time and time again, whenever there's been a, a big incident, they've never gotten in front of anything. It's always reactionary. There, there, there's, no, there's no flip chart that they have that says, hey, if a guy does this, we do this. I mean, they just kind of, eh, let's see what happens. And, then, and, and that's why it spirals out of control. And that, you know, like I said, that immaturity, that inability to control even the smallest things, um, that permeates throughout the organization, and that is why you've got a 20-year record yeah. of just not being good. Because yeah. if you can't do the little things right, you're never going to get the big things right. And to me, um, 
you know, protecting your players by, by not putting them out there in the locker room until you've gone over, hey, here's 10 questions that we know you're going to be asked. Or here's- even at that point, right, at this point, aren't you better, right? Because I don't even, you, you know, I don't blame a 24, 25-year-old kid for not necessarily understanding the full impact of, oh, 23, sorry, 23-year-old kid of not understanding the full impact of his actions, right? regardless of of the situation you're better off just pulling him just taking the if there's a fine from the league whatever just he's not talking to the media yeah after the game period end of sentence we're gonna eat it we'll take that bullet for him as the as the pr staff he's not addressing the media we will have a statement on friday end of discussion yeah well yeah i i would not I wouldn't have been opposed to that. I, I think it probably would have made more sense for him. Um, just because there was so much probably going on inside his head, even though it seemed like there wasn't a lot going on <laughs> inside his head on the field. There had to be a lot. Because, you, you know, you know, the situation was you had guys being, uh, you know, ushered off the field with police escorts. You had police waiting outside the locker rooms, which, you know, at some point, you know, when you do what he, when you do what he did, uh, I'm sure – I would think that he had to be wondering if maybe he wasn't going to be arrested for what he did. I mean, I get that you can say that violence occurs in sport, and, and you know you'll have fights in hockey, which I guess you know they, they kind of set the standard for what's acceptable. <laughs> but I mean, you cannot, you can't just take someone's helmet off and beat them over the head with it. I mean, put yourself in any other workplace. Would that be acceptable, or would that be something that didn't lead to someone going home in handcuffs? Well, it's a, I mean, from a hockey standpoint, it's the the Marty McSorley Donald Brashear thing when he clubs him upside of the head with the with the stick, and then he falls, and then his head his helmet slips up, and his head hits the ice. I mean, that was the you know to a certain extent that's your comp from that standpoint, and so I I agree with you in that there was probably a lot post game, let's say, going through his head, if not necessarily in game going through his head so that's our kind of summation of the miles garrett situation we understand it's not necessarily a full pod today but we just wanted to get that out but we wanted to get it out after we had known what the penalties are after we had time to think about the situation didn't want to be completely and totally reactionary wanted to have some of the facts in hand before we addressed the situation so thanks for bearing with us browns backers and We'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. Jump check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.